Hello again, my name is Okara and I'm just happy to be here um, again with another episode. This one is a bit of a reach back into ancestry in order to reach out and feel a little more connected. Um, to open, I want to reference an episode previous um, in which I read an autocorrect poem that sparked um, someone to reach out to me, which is the point. So that was beautiful. Um, reached out to me and identified with the concept of being black or brown in America and not being quite sure what ancestry is to you or where to go, where to look, who to talk to, um, how to connect to that. Um, so I'm going to start by reading that poem one more time. And, uh, and then we will move forward from there. This poem is called Roses Are Red. Roses Are Red is the theme. The first time in time for the more reasonable. Price of my life, this is not an Uber to that house that's already, that's all ready party for the first time since i've stopped having so stopped having so stopped by to get sleep in a few minutes late seeing the origins the origins the origins the next to a branch out and start something thank you that was Roses Are Red, an autocomplete poem that sort of took on a life of its own. And as I read through it, it started to feel like sort of a call out um, to ancestry that I'm not 100% familiar with, honestly, as are a lot of us um, pretty unfamiliar with our own ancestry. Um, it got me thinking, it got one of my listeners thinking, um, I do have this experience, it's pretty surreal, um, being in a lift um, and having folks uh, of Nigerian descent, and I can always tell where it's going. I'll get in and they'll say, oh, your name is Okara? Yeah, my name is Okara. Um, so where are you from? Okay, I'm from here. Like, it feels like such a disappointing statement to make, but I am from right here. Uh, where are your parents from? Uh, here and then Missouri. So, further disappointing you, I'm afraid, my friend. <laughs> um, and then we go into a conversation of how uh, they're from Nigeria, and my name sounds super Nigerian, and um, can't believe, do, you, do I know anything about it? And it's just... <laughs> It goes on to become a more and more depressing conversation. Um, sometimes it turns interesting. We talk about like names and stuff like that, what theirs means. It's always some gorgeous something that like rolls off the tongue. Um, and it, it's just a surreal thing that happens so often <laughs> to me. And I know that there are people who can identify even without having a directly uh, Nigerian name or a direct a name with a direct tie to a country it still happens to us a lot you you kind of look I've gotten that I look Nigerian sometimes too which is bizarro to me but 
I guess if you are native to a place and you go outside that place, it would be possible to kind of see the phenotypes that you're used to seeing. Maybe the composition of face and features, I don't know. I've recently learned that I'm a little light-skinned, so there's there's a lot to come to terms with. <laughs> um, so um, I want to uh, follow up that, uh, that little anecdote about my Lyft drivers um, with a poem that I wrote centered in ancestry um, sometime last year or a couple years ago called Under the Baobab. And this is like a flat-out... Um, <laughs> kind of a daydream slash lament feeling connected and feeling like away from home sometimes um it's called under the baobab i'm lazy luxuriating shade i miss sun in many spaces between brunch and leaf i'm about stretched please i sing for me i am chanting as if i fruit fell from this tree i am under the baobab I am home. I am here, art alone. I am a rich red clay. I am under the bow. I am under ancient love, never ending. I am cracking and I am losing. But I am under the bow. But only when I am dreaming. Thank you. So that was under the baobab, um, and that's kind of just me being like, man, like I feel so connected sometimes, and I don't know how valid that is because I don't technically know anything. Um, it's just kind of this blind reaching out. <laughs> into the darkness of vaguely where I might be from and who my people might be. And, you know, it's just kind of this sort of displaced child syndrome going on. And I think a lot of us black and brown folks can identify with that. Um, so, yeah, that is what this episode is going to be centered around. And I actually have a special guest, and we will introduce them in a moment. Anyway, so anything you All right, and we're back. So, the special guest that I have, any of you who follow me on social media, keep up with my podcast updates, will know that we have here the infamous, the, what is it, magnanimous, uh, the <laughs> magnificent, Devin Ginn? Yes. Devin okay, you better Ginn. pronounce my name hey. right. Hey. Well, I practiced my whole life for this. <laughs> <laughs> for this one moment. <laughs> for that yes. one moment as you sit before me and I pronounce your name correctly. That's important. It you made a post important. on Facebook about I that. I did make a post. It's I very always important. Get it's always Devon Jin as opposed to Devin Ginn. You know what's funny about that though? Side note. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of genies or jinn in oh, yeah. Arabic mm-hmm. spelled differently, but jinn and yeah. you are kind of like the most delightful giant fairy. Amazing. Can I please be your delightful thing. giant fairy? Yes. I only aspire to be such things. So many things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but I digress. <laughs> Today, he's here as a comrade, as a fellow um, writer, thinker, and uh, brown folk. (laughs) So, um, we're going to open up with Devin reading an article that he brought to my attention um, a couple of months ago, and it's kind of what inspired me to put together this particular episode. Um, So, I'm going to pass the mic to him so that he might 
feed us this article so we may digest. Hey, pass that mic. Hey. Pass yo, that mic. Yo, hey. Pass the plate. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to devour this right now. <laughs> so, um... As a matter of fact, both you and I, among some other really talented writers, we were featured at Hoi Polloi's, um, what is it, Afrofuturism? Yes, Afrofuturism. What was the full name of that event? Do you remember? Afrofuturism. I think Afrofuturism, a reading. A I reading. Think. Yeah, I think That's so. Right. I think so. And, we were all kind of reading poetry. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like a... And then you came in setting the mood. <laughs> so check this, y'all. Okara came in with this really amazing speaker. She's like, you're going to catch this vibe. <laughs> and she's like, you're going to have some ambiance before I go on. I am a drama queen <laughs> yeah, and it was, at heart. <laughs> it was all the drama that I needed. Like, it, was, it was like, okay... Let me write this down. Mental note. Blueprint for how I open up all of my new sets. <laughs> Everyone silent. <laughs> it was really, really cool. But in doing research, prepping for that event, mm-hmm. um, I came across this article. Mm-hmm. And it was written by a really talented person. Her name is Kukua Andam. Beautiful. And... It's titled, You're So Terrified of the Deities That Your Ancestors Worshipped for Thousands of Years. A read. I mean, <laughs> she, read. reading for filth. Literally. Um, Trigger warning for hyper-religious folks. Yes. Um, anyone participating in traditions that are rooted in Europe mm-hmm. and the Eurocentric, this is... A call to come to our <laughs> bosom. This is not an attack per se. We will read her read. Yes. But we will gently discuss afterwards. So so take the bullet. Trigger warning. <laughs> but we'll patch you up a little bit later, yes. okay? <laughs> Aftercare. Oh my goodness. So Kukua Andam says, You're convinced that they are evil, and anyone who worships them are wicked. These are the same deities who helped your ancestors live long enough to birth you. Deities who inspired you to keep your environment clean, taught you to have certain rest days from farming and fishing so that the land was sustained. Deities who looked like you bore your names and established societies causing you to have pride in yourselves. Deities you were so terrified of lying to And so swearing before them was more effective than any oath created in a foreign land. Yet you love deities introduced to you by persons who colonized, enslaved, raped, and robbed you. Yes, you admire these deities whose depictions look nothing like you and whose names sound nothing like yours. You trust these deities who have told you they're currently roasting all your ancestors in hot fire because your ancestors weren't quote-unquote lucky to have anyone tell them about these deities. You also love deities who didn't care enough about you to ever declare your people as the chosen nation or to write original versions of their sacred books in in your native tongue. So you have to translate it with all its attendant errors and inconveniences. A century after worshiping these new deities, your country is full of filth. Your land is running out of resources and you are plagued with debt and subservient to the very persons who introduce you to these deities and they dictate it. They dictate what you eat and how much. No one in your country fears to lie, to be corrupt or mistreat their neighbor. Now, everyone can't think of the same and we should all be free to choose our beliefs 
or lack thereof. But at least we can get to the point where we respect the faith of our ancestors, whether we choose to practice it ourselves or not. Kukua Andam. Love her. Woof. Oh my goodness. Woof. So. Does she need a husband? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm gay, but like. <laughs> like gather unto you. Please. <laughs> where is your place of worship, ma'am? <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, listening to you read it again, mm-hmm. even though I've read it, I've heard you read it. <laughs> listening to you read it again, my first thoughts are like, <sighs> quintessential colonization mm-hmm. is to remove or destroy language, uh, religion, traditional practices, all of that in order to make sure that the peoples that you are taking over only have your references to go to. Yeah. Um, so as far as reaching back and feeling a lack of connection with ancestry, I mean, there are reasons that we don't know anything yeah. about anything regarding our roots. There are reasons calculated and carefully executed. Yeah. Records burned, names changed, mm. records expunged. Things just real shit. There are reasons that we have moments where we feel lost as brown mm. people in America. Um, so those are the first thoughts that come to mind listening to yeah. you read that again today. Um, what do you think and feel when you read that, when you speak those words out loud? I mean, that blog post is essentially calling out everything that I've ever learned about religion. Um, and I don't want to consider myself a scholar of religions by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But I've done enough research and I've practiced enough mm-hmm. um, in finding my own way that I realize what she's saying is the truth. And it's a harsh reality to unpack, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we've, we've grown up with this Eurocentric mindset in a lot of black families where our Jesus is both fair-skinned and his hair um, is straight and his, his complexion is pale and it reflects nothing of who we are. So it's almost like a disconnect right off the bat. And um, she's just, it's, it's almost like this blog post is a call to action. Like, hey guys, mm. what happened before, the, you know, when you were colonized? Right. How can we go back to those roots? Because right. a lot of people who are super entrenched in like the, the Eurocentric colonization of, of, of what religion is supposed to be. Mm. We just mm-hmm. follow that blueprint. Who we shall don't... remain unnamed. We're, yeah, not okay. even, we're not even going to name the denomination. Not pointing okay? no elbows. <laughs> not calling no names. Because it's most of them. It, and, it, and it's scary because she's absolutely right. Who yeah. were we praying to before we had white Jesus? And what is so terrifying about, yeah. about stepping away from what we've learned in the recent century? <laughs> and it's like, she, she, she takes the idea of what's wicked Mm-hmm. And she puts it in your face, um, and she's like, "You need to question this. Is it truly wicked, or did this save the people that are tethered to your right. blood?" Why is why is pagan a bad word? <laughs> Can we talk you just about say that? Pagan, like... Why is pagan a bad word? Why is why is um, 
what is the what's the opposite of monotheism? I can't think of the word. Polytheism. Polytheism. Yeah. Duh. Okay. <laughs> Mono, <laughs> poly. Okay. Potato, tomato. Yeah, um, why is polytheism so ghastly to people? Yeah. The concept. I mean, we talk about it even in person-to-person relationships. No one individual you encounter can be all the things to you. Yeah. Why is it so preposterous? For religions with multiple deities to be valid. It's cocky and unrealistic to think that you can't assign your personal truth, your spiritual truth, to multiple things because we're not a monolith as people. Mm -hmm. And there there are literal levels to this shit. So many levels. So many levels. And and if you look at what our ancestors, um, like from a pan-African perspective Mm -hmm. had to deal with and and, and how they maneuvered through their lands, Mm. um, it wasn't just one person that they looked to. Ooh, and let's spill a little tea. Because we (laughs) propagate the uh, Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. We propagate Egyptian (laughs) mytho-religion. We propagate these polytheistic concepts and and deities and practices yeah. we learn about them consistently like we assign we them talk to about our day the one day. tip of africa like the one tip <laughs> <laughs> and them and those and what they were doing uh-huh. uh but then there's so many like um one of my favorite known to me one of my favorite um deities from pan-african tradition mm-hmm. is anansi yes for some reason anansi has been a part of my life for like a long time i think i read a i had a book my mom used to read to me Yo. or something like that there were a few books based in africa that were like storytelling books they just had pictures and mm. you like the person reading them had to learn the story by reading it over and over again using the story like That's using right. the pictures um so anansi came up really soon and I loved Anansi because he was he's a trickster god. Mm-hmm. As is mm-hmm. as are a few gods in polytheistic oh, for sure. traditions. Trickster gods, you know, they get their way, they mm-hmm. finesse. They, they're not part- exactly slimy, but yeah. like they make a way out of nowhere. They're no persuasive. Way. Yeah, they figure it out. They make it happen. <laughs> um, he's always been a part of my. So I have like an affinity for Anansi, and yeah. if you, I don't know if you've seen. Um, American Gods. I've like I've, I've watched like two episodes. Bruh. Okay, so oh it's adapted from a book, American Gods, by Neil Gaiman. I rep this book so hard all the time. What? This author, I rep him so okay. hard. But he does a good job of bringing um, myths, legends, and mytho religion into the present, and like mm. it's seamless and like they're among us and that kind of thing. Oh shit! Um, and I am in love with Anansi. You've probably seen clips of Anansi's character. Probably. What do they look like? What What do they? How do they maneuver through that? Show? Uh, he's he's dressed like a like a like a fifty like a no, like a forties. Mm. Zoot suit almost. Oh, uh, and he's on. He's literally on a slave ship. Yeah. And some one of the slaves starts singing a song to Anansi. Please come to us. How do you wiggle out of everything? You get out of everything. How can we get out of this? And Anansi shows up, wiling, <laughs> like you need to burn this motherfucker okay. down. <laughs> Start learning to swim, my brother. <laughs> Yo. And he just completely and it, it and it's so authentic to who Anansi would be. Anansi is like 
he's not here for your games. Like, yeah. he is not here for colonization. He is not here for sit and wait. He is not here <laughs> for passive. Um, and that's how he plays out in that story. But it's that kind of representation yeah. of um, an African deity mm-hmm. of any kind, of any culture, an African deity who is brought to the present life that how often do we see that yeah that representation that like oof that's what an ancestor that's what one of my ancestors might have said to me this is what the voice sounds like this is a voice and what it sounds like and i find that to be so profound again representation freaking matters yeah it's important as shit and we don't get that a lot and it makes it makes it all seem so far away because we don't no. have that constant contact with those ideas and those um, identities. Right. <laughs> and it, for, for, like, I'm male, um, <laughs> but a lot of my energy is super feminine. A lot of what I appreciate is super feminine. So I'm, I feel kind of tethered to Ashon. Mm. And, and I mean, we can also get into how commercialized she's become with, I mean, but it's like how can you not I mean t- you can't be mad yeah like, yes she's marvelous it's like you just just, just catch it all life giving literally and the it's water like, in our veins from from like the idea of fertility and breaking down what that means to the connection to the ancestors and how the feminine energy it, it, it spills into that, and I believe it is the branches that, that link all of us to our ancestors. Um, her and Anansi, I just feel like to be a fly on the wall in a room with them together. Yeah. Could you imagine yeah. the stories they would tell mm-hmm. um, and, and how that would play out? You can't get that through Eurocentric religion. <laughs> it's just not a thing Anansi is literally a storyteller that's like a thing that's a part of his identity is he's a storyteller even in American Gods multiple times he stops and he'll be like let me tell you a story (laughs) and they're like see now you're making me want to like check that show out again he's like shut up and listen to a story (laughs) let him make talk sometimes and he like he's like I'm gonna tell you a story and he spins the spider that he is he spins this tale and like that's an actual part of his identity storytelling is the drunk uncle that we all have right (laughs) and I'm like just but but he's he's got all the gems all the knowledge he's too slick for y'all he's too knowledgeable and too woke for y'all yo and I, I feel I feel like that is something that keeps us feeling far away is we don't have yeah. those stories and it's something that's like that's well, actually crap, a good point. we learn so much about these other ones and there's all this richness of culture that we don't get yeah. because for so long they refused to make it available and now that See. we have the internet it's like where yeah. ooh, where do where do you start time for a deep dive where do you start <laughs> and, and, and then your deep dives don't yield much many results unless you spend just hours upon hours, hours and hours and hours diving so in robust. and then like what information is legit what information Yo. is you fabricate so and then we run into okay so i have another question built from here mm-hmm. um how do we discover our own connection to at least some of our ancestors be they um ideals idols or deities or frick actual people uh do do i just show up in nigeria and like start asking (laughs) questions or like hey guys i got questions how do i where 
help sis like <laughs> i'm reaching out to you so i know that i've recently had recently as in months had a dream that was just giving me so many yamaya imagery mm. that water the life giving the there was a song lord help me if i remember the song but there was a song that happened and it was this feeling of like and people were gathered unto me i was me but i was also her and then it was like a perspective change oh, so shit. there are these moments where things if you if you allow yourself to view them that way there are moments where things become clear there's like windows of clarity and, yeah. and those are the things i think that spark folks like you and i mm -hmm. to be like Okay, now um, who do I ask, or uh, right. uh, what's the legend behind this, or uh, what is what is the imagery? Real. I want to see more. I want to read more. I want to know more. Someone yeah. tell me a story. So how I can answer later? How do you um, how do you feel connected to ancestors, be mm -hmm. they lineage or deities and idols? And what does it look like for you building your own self-sustained spirituality in that connection? Well, um, local writer and activist and just all around amazing human being, Elle Roberts, mm. she speaks about time as something that's not linear. Mm -mm. Um, and it wasn't until we, we, her, myself, and Tatiana Rebel, we sat on a panel um, for AFFC and Indie Reads and it really forced me it really forced me into a position where i was like you know what our our ancestors feel like they're so far from us mm -hmm. so how can i tie in what's far with what's here mm -hmm. and what that looks like for me is acknowledging people who are very prolific in my life or have been prolific in my life and and seeing who do they pray to mm -hmm. who 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 are they tethered to mm -hmm. um like, for instance, poet Sonny Patterson. Hmm. I feel like she is an ancestor that just ain't dead yet. <laughs> she, she's alive and Living kicking. Legends. Just just alive and kicking in New Orleans, living her best life. Oh, wow. um, and it's like a hundred years from now, Ooh, will people there. pray to Sonny Patterson? Mm. She, 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 she has this way of telling a story mm. and, and, and creating a narrative that isn't linear. Mm. And, and she, she's got a poem where she's talking about what happened in 2005 during Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. um, um, and even though that poem is rooted in a very specific date with a very specific event, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's something that... Ever present. It's ever present. Um, and she... <laughs> if you listen to this, Sonny Patterson, I, I, I shall make an altar in your name. Yeah. Do we need to add them <laughs> okay. in, in the description? For real. And then also, you know, other people like um, Marsha P. Johnson, who is gone, who if, mm. if it weren't for me doing my deep dive research into the person that she was mm. and how she had to navigate this world being a marginalized person, um, it, it, it realized it made me realize fuck I am because she was mm. and and in order for me to feel tethered to like the broad spectrum of African deities that are there mm -hmm. um, it, 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 it makes me feel like I have to study the fuck out of my family lineage mm -hmm. like who am I tethered to and then the people that inspire me who are they tethered to mm -hmm. that that's some of what keeps me grounded in, in my just general philosophy. Mm. 
So like following the following the breadcrumbs of inspiration and because what like else were what we? has moved you and who has moved you exactly because we weren't given a blueprint. No, <laughs> the, our no. blueprint was the Bible. Which, <laughs> like let's be real, that's a that's an Woo! anthology. It's 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 an anthology of really beautiful stories. Wonderful and also sometimes hideous, but you know, legends are like that. So like, okay, <laughs> but that's what gets me that, uh, the thing about the Bible for me, um and mind you, I was raised Muslim mm-hmm. and I'm like, y'all, <laughs> I'm 14 years old, I'm just going to eat this pork chop. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to figure out what this is, what this life is like. <laughs> but I've just I I I tried to understand um and recognizing that the Bible is something that's been translated multiple times, that's why we've got the new editions. Yes, language is power. And, and it's and it's super important. Words have meaning. Mm-hmm. And if you're translating something from Greek and tra- and then translating that into Hebrew, there's something that's going to be missing. Something like I think time. about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how people are so fixated on how sodomy is like the act oh of, lord i'm like but do but, they stake a whole argument <laughs> on that <laughs> and i'm like but do you do you really understand like the root of what they were trying to say specifically like because words have meaning when they say um we need we need to know them talking about the uh the man who was seeking refuge mm-hmm. um Though, though, th- that mob, they weren't saying they wanted to know who he was. They wanted to know him by taking um, taking over his space, taking over his body, like assaulting him sexually, raping him. Mm. And and it's like, until you can do the breakdown of those translations. Because until what you is take, context? Hello? Okay, context is super important. To know. We, we literally <laughs> say to know someone and then we separately say to know someone in the biblical sense yeah, okay. okay but within the bible the <laughs> phrase to know has already been misconstrued Seriously. by the reader and that's what <laughs> so, people that's that's why i just like i can't i really thank you for that clear and concise example because <laughs> look okay what we're not doing is ranting okay he had, <laughs> he had notes okay <laughs> your boy brought notes um well i've the, the, the issue is being a gay person I've had to debate this with people Bruh. so I just it's like fuck it's kind of like ingrained in who I am mm-hmm. like you're stupid and I'm gonna tell you why <laughs> a little boo boo have a seat sit next to this fire have a sip sexuality, of wine sexuality femininity feminine yeah as like a pronoun like mm-hmm. the feminine <laughs> <laughs> woo child you want me to prescribe to what <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? They don't even name most of these women. Real shit. That's real. <laughs> like no, that boggles that. the mind. We go through pages and pages of baguettes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's real as shit. So meanwhile, that stacks up against yeah. polytheistic traditions who have whole. Can I talk about <laughs> Kali? Please. Oh my Kali, word. Like that. Uh, that roar. That. Fire feminine, that explosive energy yeah. that burst forth, um, burn everything so it may grow yes. again type energy. Like, like I'm through Phoenix. The kind of feminine that gets um, allocated to masculinity. And it's like You're absolutely right. The problem with that dichotomy to me, and I think I see it in 
a lot of monotheistic religions mm-hmm. is like there's a masculine and a feminine and mm-hmm. like this is what they do and this is what they do when really especially when you allow for multiple mm-hmm. deities okay there is a masculine and feminine within each masculine and feminine they enact themselves differently there are different energies that's why yeah. when you encounter queer folks you're like well you don't look such and such <laughs> because you don't dress such and such uh-huh. and it's like these clothes are a part of how I want to see myself. Exactly. And my energy. If you ask any woman who loves women like myself, (laughs) I am not looking for a man in a woman. I know that's right. When I'm looking for a man, I'm looking for a man. When I'm looking for a woman, I'm looking for a woman. And my favorite type of person is someone whose energies plural are balanced in that and i think it's a lot easier to see those different energies enacted in in someone like kali who is a part of a polytheistic religion she is a different kind of feminine and there's so there's so many things that become accessible Mm -hmm. when you open up to that that's true and that's a reason that i i i get excited when Mm -hmm. i hear about different deities more closely tied to pan-african tradition because then you you, you're getting so many of these things even just actual people like Mm -hmm. queen nzinga and like like these these women who were not your quote-unquote typical woman these women who had different energy okay (laughs) like energy is super important i'm glad that you keep bringing that up because in order to be connected to anything you have to be connected to yourself right mm. and and it's important to acknowledge those things that need to be unpacked or that you have unpacked already mm-hmm. and 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 seeing what that looks like moving forward mm-hmm. if you are a man's man or a super feminine woman and you aren't acknowledging the balance that exists within yourself that's a lot of like that that can create PTSD in my opinion because a lot of people are walking around here not understanding that they are more than what they think they are and you end up constantly at war with yourself yeah, you know, without like, acknowledging that battle that's spare happening. yourself the ulcers look, if look. you're if you're if you're a man if you identify as male acknowledge the feminine energies within yourself mm-hmm. if you're a woman if you are if you are female biologically acknowledge the masculine energies within yourself mm-hmm. so i'm with you like in terms of acknowledging and appreciating those who are androgynous not just mm-hmm. aesthetically but just in who they are recognizing mm-hmm. that there's a place for the masculine and the feminine mm-hmm. and that neither of those have anything to do with gender and there's room for both there's room for all exactly. i mean to to further divulge a little bit just there's a Native American concept of two spirits spirit. as well. There is, I mean, I, I mean, there it is right there. <laughs> there's a whole word for it, <laughs> and we're talking mega spiritual groups of people yeah. have a whole word for it. So, like, to me, and I think the reason this isn't a full digression yeah. is because that spirituality plays a lot into who we are as people. Mm-hmm outside religion that's why people can say i'm spiritual but i'm not religious and i think a lot of that plays into who you are your sexuality your Mm -hmm. sensuality your personability your um your interactions with people your Mm -hmm. interactions with yourself and so i think 
to bring back to building your own self-sustained spirituality and like how to discover i think i'm similar to you in that it's like one entity at a time yeah one poem at a time one note in a historical document at a time just building and building and building into my own inner temple of just an amalgamation of brown and wonderful and terrible and awesome and because if you think about the word awesome awesome does not (laughs) technically have a negative or positive connotation awesome is just it creates awe (laughs) creates awe be that terrified or or negative You know? Yo, so real. I think that's a part, like just little piece by piece, poem by poem, dream yeah. by dream, song written where it feels like I don't know where it came from. Exactly. Um, that kind of thing is what helps me build mm-hmm. my personal spirituality. And I think um, little practices like full moon rituals that yeah. you may have, or when I started telling people about that dream I had, that I'm like, I'm pretty sure Yamaya was. <laughs> focal in that and Yo. I had someone say hey I know how you can build a little altar and and you know northeast mm. west south and the stuff and the incense and some sand and Casting some water your and, and, white. So it's just, <laughs> and how you can like communicate with her and finish yeah. the dream and remember the song and mm. there are people around us who are, have some methods and yeah. actual methods yeah. to tapping into that stuff and I think it's just a matter of like not being overwhelmed and allowing it to be like a moment by moment thing and like I wrote one poem and I didn't know where it came from and so now it's like all right, now what does this poem mean to me and where does it take me I didn't sit down ready to write that you know just, but here it is look sis went and saw Black Panther and then things started coming out of me had questions i had qualms (laughs) so like the inspiration of one another the inspiration of representation uh, and i also think that being present is so powerful mm. being in the moment Mm. acknowledging your breath right because our our breath it's almost like it's psychosomatic because it happens autonomously we just it it happens without us thinking about it Mm. and if you're intentional about your breath and when you're inhaling and when you're exhaling it allows your mind to be fully open and and when it's open you're present in that moment Mm. and being present i feel like gives you the opportunity to truly connect with those deities to connect with the outer self Mm -hmm. um and 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 experiencing what that looks like what that feels like Mm. you i don't think it's possible unless you're present no so there's there's some level of presence that that has to be achieved before you can move forward spiritually mm. or else you're just dealing with conflict you're dealing with the past you're dealing Confusion with the future and, and, and not acknowledging yeah. this moment right here also when you're being present you are open to those windows of clarity that i mentioned exactly. earlier exactly. you're open to like ooh, that struck me what let me learn more about this yeah. deity or like you know you 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 hear a name and you're like such exactly. and such is known for this and like see like, ooh, okay maybe anansi is my jam like, and so then you <laughs> yes. because you are present in your own life mm-hmm. you're able to hear things and recognize yourself in things and then it becomes you know art mimicking life and life mimicking yep. art uh you're because you are present you can see yourself in something mm. and therefore follow that trail 
into a different part of yourself and then you are again building more See. of that personal spirituality and I, that's one of the like most beautiful things ever because you're like oh if I hadn't been really listening or if I hadn't yeah. been here at that time I would have heard that and I would have gone to read about this See. It, it, being present I think is a really huge part of that. that's a really good point and it's it's important just like Outside of spirituality, just being a person is hard. <laughs> like, like humanity is difficult. Like we're gross. We are like it's just like it's a lot. Our messy. minds are on some bullshit. Just like on a good day, and, and we don't even have most of that. Anyway. Right, we can't even access most of it. But if you're being present, that gives you the opportunity yeah. to see it for what it is. It's Exercise. almost like life's mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a, I'm glad you said exercise because being present is a muscle. Yes. You have to work that shit. Yes, as is everything. Everything, everything. you want to be is an exercise. And you've got to it's build a choices level over of discipline. time. Yes. It's it's um, emotional sacrifices over time and and that muscle choosing things, choosing love, choosing light over and over and over and over again is like it builds a human. That's true. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take all of this and we are going to segue this into some more autocorrect poetry. Hey. Um, we'll do, I'll tell you the phrase in the next segment, but this is how we will close this little seance that we built. <laughs> um, so you don't have to say goodbye to Devin yet, um, but we are going to move out of the mental mukbang and into autocorrect poetry. All right, so if you're ready, Devin is still here with us, and this is our autocorrect poetry segment. Um, Devin will have one, and I will have one, and as per usual, we will discuss each. Um, I'll have Devin go first. The prompt, of course, is ancestors or our ancestors or the ancestors. I left it kind of loose for him. Um, just a recap of the rules. You have your prompt, that's how you'll start your poem, and then you choose between one of the three suggested words that come up on your keyboard, and you start following that path into something that begins to make sense for you. Um, So Devin will open up with his ancestor poem. Ancestor autocorrect. That's like the working title. (laughs) 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 My ancestors are so beautiful. I don't think she has anything else that you need, but I'm positive our bodies were a little different. Mm. Hey there, fella. I hope you had all your stuff going for you today. I call my mom about the car and she got to go home and I'll have y'all be ready for the work. And that's that piece. That's that piece. Okay, so leave this this up so I can look at the words themselves. So... Devin was not sure that this made sense, but I felt moments to be unpacked. So when, obviously my ancestors are so beautiful. I mean, they are because we are. <laughs> so Okay. <laughs> lineage, okay. Um, but I don't think she has anything else that you need. That to me is a statement that comes from outside. That feels yeah. like a third party statement. I don't think they have anything else for you. Well... Now let's slow down on that. Let's yeah. not be too hasty because yes, there are things that those ancient, ancient um, 
entities can still offer us even even in their archaic point in history Mm -hmm. there's still things they can offer us absolutely so that line felt like an outside to me this is me like this is me convincing you that this poem is a whole thing yes yes um and then i'm but i'm positive our bodies were a little different facts okay (laughs) just the pure fact of melanin that changes your whole experience on the planet. Not only scientifically does it change your experience on the planet, mm-hmm. the way you interact with nature and the sun yeah. and the sun's rays, but socially and ideologically it changes your experience. Your experience is literally different because of the body you're in. That's real as fuck. And speaking of ancestors, I mean, these are we got these bodies from them. Okay. And they are a little different, and they make life a little different. That's real. And that's valid as hell. Valid <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> um, hey there, fella. I hope you had all of your stuff going for you today. Affirmations. Can we talk about how Yo. how this past five or so years has been a moment oh for gosh. brown and black and brown people to give affirmations to one another and to like just randomly be lifting each other, other up on the internet, just like, hey, I love y'all, just as a post just, just on because. Facebook, just because, just Yo. saying, hey, I love you, black women, how y'all doing, yeah. fellas, how y'all doing? Like, I've seen that so much in the past few years. It's real. And that's what that line says to me. Hey, I hope everything that you wanted to go today went. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really want that for you. Yes. You being whoever the fuck is reading this. Yes, like, and I, that, that kind of love, mm-hmm. I think that kind of love connects us to our ancestors. Because that's, that's trans-dimensional love. That's multi-dimensional love. That's, yeah. that's love outside of time. That's just because mm-hmm. kind of love. And I think that's that makes that line super valid in your ancestry poem. Well, thank you. Um, I called my mom about the car and she got to go home. <laughs> that feels double yeah. to me. <laughs> Again, it's on one hand, it's like, you know, you check in with your mom. Hey, just because you're talking to mm-hmm. me and she says someone's going on with her car. My mom had something going on with her car today. And oh. I literally talked to her about it. Hey, how is that going? Yeah. That's a thing. You, you're checking in with the people who brought you into this world because you love them and they love you. They took care of you. And now it's like, okay, well, are you good? How's the car going? Did you get that thing fixed? Autocorrect is, it... is a bitch. Okay? These it... are conversations that we had. <laughs> this is so real. And then also, and she got to go home. This is the people who came before us. They've gone somewhere mm-hmm. beyond us and outside of us. They've yeah. gone somewhere now. So on one hand, it is like an everyday conversation. On the mm-hmm. other hand, it's like at some point, our most immediate ancestors will pass into the realm of our most ancient ones as well. Absolutely. It's just like, ooh, that moment when you're like, ah, but mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mom. But mommy. Daddy. <laughs> Where? Mama. Wherefore art thou? How did you go? <laughs> Up into the clouds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's oof, oof. That struck me. Yeah. And I know I'll have y'all be ready for the work. <laughs> the good work. The good work. Because how much work is there to be done as a people? So mm. much. So much. Even in the body of that, everything that has been done, all the good and the beautiful and the questions answered, at the end of the day, there's still so much. You're making me want to do more autocorrect poetry. (laughs) 
Because it's, I mean, it's amazing. It's found poetry. You discover it as you go. And literally, like, like found poetry is the idea of taking words that wouldn't normally be formed together, mm-hmm. um, like in your consciousness, and and stringing them along in a way that makes little to no sense, but mm-hmm. finds its own. But finds sensor. its own meaning. And I'm like, it's like, amazing. Some may call it a reach, Okara, but this is like legitimate. Reach where? This was right oh, on my neck. Okay. okay. I rolled over uh, it and the meaning was there. See, see, you're giving me life right now because found poetry. I didn't know this was actually. I'm sitting here thinking, am I like, how random is this to be like putting together autocorrect things <sighs> for no reason? But since found poetry is yeah. a thing, that's a whole that's a whole movement, and that makes it me is. happy that like. Because now all of these things that I make in these random moments, I can go into a platform that is based in found poetry, yeah. and I have material that I didn't think I'd be able to use anywhere else. Poetry prompt for you. Um, and I, I learned this at one of my most recent open mics, because mm. I, I host the Iconoclast Open Mic at the Irving Theater. Woo-hoo! Every Thursday, 7 p.m., the doors open. The show starts at 7.30. And one of the longtime... Um, I don't want to call them a member, uh, but one of the longtime patrons of Iconoclast Thistle. <gasps> I Thistle. was imagining Thistle, but yep. I didn't yep. know if that was going to be the person you this, were talking about. <laughs> it was Thistle Boo. Thistle Boo. Hey, Boo, if you listen to this, yes. Thistle, you are my favorite person You give ever. me so much life at all the times. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Thistle basically um, sat down with another poet, and what they did was they took their poetry... Um, and I guess they, I don't know if they had it scanned or typed up and they sliced it up like segment by segment and then put it together like a puzzle piece separately. So it's the same content, but it's written, but like it, 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 it's I jumbled. love that ish. And the way they read it, mm. it was some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever heard. And they were like, yeah, it's. It's not going to make any sense, and this just goes to show that like I can like poets can make anything sound beautiful, yeah. even if it makes no sense. The creativity sense. that goes into yeah. something like that—that's like, that's that's an exercise. You are like flexing all your muscles. Seriously, in that. and that's one. I, I challenge you to take one of your favorite poems that you've written, deconstruct it, and then put that bitch back together. That would be fun. That would be fun. And see what you what you come up with. Because even as a writer, I've done that before. Like, ooh, should this verse go first? Does, it, does the story make more sense this way? Oh, my God. That's super exciting. Okay. Duly noted. I like yes. it. Yes. Um, so I have a uh, found poem. I have some autocorrect poetry as well <laughs> with our ancestry prompt. Um, I started with The Ancestors. I actually wrote it uh, February 21st. I always date things. <laughs> um, the ancestors are not safe. For you and I don't know what to believe. The ancestors of this here are some kind of you and yours. Mm. The ancestors were not talking to me about these people, but they were just like me and my mothers. The ancestors are a forever old and beautiful to meet you in a way that makes sense. The ancestors are the ones who will come together to make sure you are so happy to be. Oh my gosh. So like, what are you writing in your day to day to create this string of text? Because (laughs) autocorrect, it it, it auto, it adds the words by predicting what you predicting yeah. things based on what you've already done exactly I don't know you just like are just like 
scrolls left and right in your day to day. You over here te- text texting folks soliloquies and shit. <laughs> I must be super extra in my writing. Well, maybe it's because I do some of my writing like in my notes and stuff, and mm. so in my memos or whatnot. So That's maybe cool. maybe it's taking some. Some of my that makes sense. artistic writing from inside the phone. Because that's a poem. Because that's a 2019. Whole <laughs> but, but yeah, I started writing this and I was like, all right, yes. Because this isn't even, it feels already like one of my other ancestry poems that I actually Ooh. sat down and was doing. Yeah. But it already felt like that. And oh, I wrote yeah, those on paper. And I'm like, how did that? you know? Have I heard that ancestor poem they're talking about? I do have an ancestry poem. Um, I have a few. So Under the Baobab is one of them. This is a series of poems that I started writing after I saw Black Panther. And it was like, it was so cathartic to see visuals Mm -hmm. of that feeling of lost child syndrome that I had always been feeling and that I had begun to really ruminate on. So after I saw Black Panther... There was this outpouring of <laughs> poetry, and I was like, just... You're so like, it all makes sense. There's, I can go through... If you just listening to the titles, you can tell where I was. Um, there's um, <laughs> American Arcade, Token Black Girl. Uh, that one is a, a oh rant, low-key. That's low-key a rant, but it ends in... <laughs> you can keep your fucking tokens. They're no good here. <laughs> You're going to have to read that to me after the segment because uh, spill that tea, O'Connor. I will spill that tea for you. No one's heard that one before because I haven't decided if I want to leave it free form like it is. Mm. Um, badass Bruja Bitches, Blood Tribe. Uh, oh, my God. Pro on the Beam, Family Tongue, Lost Child, Mother May I, <laughs> um, The Call, Warrior Falls. This is all stuff that, like, poured out. It happened to be Poetry Shit. Month right after oh. I saw Black Panther. And so I was like, I'm going to write a poem every day. And this is what was happening. <laughs> so, so tell us how you really feel, Kara. Bruh. Those titles alone. I <laughs> feel like sometimes a lot of those poems came, like Mother May I and um, Warrior Falls, like do the talking drums speak for me also? Like mm. even though I'm here and even though I'm American, like I'm part of you. Like yeah. can you lead me, guide me, take my hand, like tell me where I need to go, who can I oh. reach out to, teach me a a word in this language or that language or give me a recipe from you know wherever you know like those first generation folks that we encounter that have like that much more connection than we do like there's this sense of like african americans and africans and black people being like separate in some ways because you know africans true africans from africa have views of black americans because at the core of it, we are Americans to them Basically. in some cases. So there's there's a disparity in how we interact. And, We've been westernized. And we're like, yeah, like the conversation of can we appropriate kente cloth and yeah. all of these other patterns and, and, and um, style traditions and recipes and songs and words. Can we appropriate that or are we just displaced from it? Can you reconnect me with it? Can you make it so I'm not appropriate? So that's where these were coming from. It was just like, yo, like I you're my sister as far as I'm concerned. Like let's let's be connected. Show me where to go. I don't know. You're right. I'm ignorant. Tell me. (laughs) Tell me the things. 
I want to speak your language. I want to eat your food. I want to do. I want do to do plan, the things. Do you have any any immediate plans to make your trek to the motherland? Immediate plans? Um, my bank account says back. <laughs> it says backyard. Relatable bitch. content. <laughs> my bank account says I'm a backyard bitch. <laughs> stew kid, don't leave the stoop. <laughs> but <laughs> I do ultimately have plans. Um, I've always wanted to go mm-hmm. to Nigeria. I've always wanted to go to Ghana. Yeah. Um, there's just little places that I've learned about. Even learning French, there's little places that I've decided, oh, I want to go there. I'll go there. <gasps> just to find some place to Est-ce start. Est-ce que vous comprenez le français? Un peu, un peu, un peu. Je parle un peu le français. Il est très difficile pour moi. Oui. Um, <laughs> j'ai étudié français il y a... Disons. Yes! <laughs> Mais je, je comprends un peu. <laughs> you better know your shit. I love it. So, even like, so little connections here and there, little experiences will be like, ooh, okay, so after I got, mm-hmm. that's a country I want to go see. During, during the country. I got serious on that. Like, the Madame Walker Legacy Center. Uh-huh. Um, and because the building's undergoing some restoration work. Okay, mm-hmm. so there are two things to this to tie into ancestors. Right. Um, we share a suite currently at the Julia Carson Government Center because they're, you know, the restorations are happening mm-hmm. with Freetown Village, which is a living history museum. Mm-hmm. And the person that we share the suite with, her name um, is Ophelia Wellington. She's the executive director of Freetown Village. She just came back from a, a vacation in South Africa. Mm-hmm. She was in Cape Town. She was mm-hmm. in Johannesburg. And I'm like, I got all the FOMO right now. I'm missing out. To her. We have what are called sweet meats. So... I got to just listen to her like divulge into the safaris and like meeting the locals and just how much fun she had. Aww. And I'm like, I am too broke. I am so sad that I cannot have this experience right, with you right now. Um, and then another tie-in to Ancestry and the Walker, we got to do a hard hat tour of the Walker while it's completely dismantled. Did you see the pics? I saw the pics and I was losing my mind. I was like actually excited. It's literally, like I always say, if these walls could talk, like when we were there. And I'm like, these walls are talking right now. Like you, I got to see the original like 1920s like terracotta that was like layered on top of with plaster. Oh, and you and felt I'm like, the things. I felt all the things, and I'm like, oh, that's so Madam C.J. Walker died nine years before the building was completed, but I I was like, her spirit is here. She and her here. daughter, she 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 was um, Alilia Walker. She was super inspired by all of Africa, and and that's why we have all those really amazing African motifs mm-hmm. all throughout the theater, even in the style. The styling says yes. opera house, but within the styling, yes. there's such Afrocentric imagery. It's so she dope. She was like, "You gonna catch it's this black? So you gonna get all this black? All right?" Yes. <laughs> and yes. it's just, I, I felt I never because I would walk into that building day in and day out to clock in and to clock out. To I've always felt connected, but with it deconstructed, it's like wow, whole another level. I of see connection. it from a different perspective. That's beautiful. Oh, that's was... so beautiful. Buildings tell stories. They I mean, do. It's an art form. Technically, architecture and building anything is an art form. So that's definitely like there. There was a whole moment you probably had. Seriously. <laughs> so we've moved away from auto poetry, <laughs> but that these are things that 
can be inspired just by clicking that button over and over again on your keyboard. Which is going to happen more <laughs> often than It's going to happen now. more often, yes. You inspired Let's your make boy. it a whole thing. <laughs> whole events can be themed on this. Real shit. So um, we're going to move on to a closing section. Um, I'm going to read one more of one of my ancestry poems, and uh, we will say goodbye to Devin um, just in a moment. And so as we come to a close, don't worry, we still have Devin here with us. Um, I'm going to do one more ancestry poem and we will wrap up that way. Um, I will give you a chance to say goodbye to Devin, allow Devin to say goodbye to you. He may have some thoughts on this poem as well, but we will allow this to set the tone for you as you go about the rest of your business. Um, this poem is called Mother May I? It was written, um, let's see, January, February, March, April, April 9th, 2018, altered October 25th, 2018, hey. <laughs> at 7-11. <laughs> this is how detailed I get. I don't we know why. We stand edited poem. <laughs> Documenting as if someone's going to want to know. Right. <laughs> this is how I live my life. Hey, you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's for the aliens to know what Be time prepared. it happened. <laughs> this is a time capsule, Caro. <laughs> yes. Everything I write is a time capsule, I'm hoping. Yes. Um, so it's Mother, may your songs, although the tongue is funny, Mother, may I wear your crown. I will nurture and care for this inherited hair as the gift that is. Mother, may I taste your bounty. I have oft wondered labors of home and if they may be familiar to me. Sister, may I borrow your clothes. Even if you see meals with folks so unruly, wrap me in them. Sister, may I talk with you. It is century now of unknown, but when you ask me, I'm relearning. Oh, I love you. No matter what, make me find home. I have to desist sisters, brothers, mother. Thank you. That's the piece. Wow. That poem is what we done a little bit earlier. Did we talk on record or off record about? I feel like the whole thing just about to be recorded. you know whether or not whether or not American appropriate appropriate things from African just that feeling. Like, sister, may I wear I'm asking you this way, like tell me if I might wear it properly, or right. tell me the story of this pattern so that I might wear it. And in creation or, or fad mindset. Literally, that's what this poem is like. Can't I be up to it? It's interesting because even though the diaspora is vast, it's like our Asiatic um, cousins think versus what our Hispanic cousins think mm. versus what our Middle Eastern cousins think versus what we think as Americans mm -hmm. and everyone in between, especially right. people rooted in the motherland, it's right. like appropriation versus appreciation mm -hmm. what's important what's stepping over the line right. and obviously it's being invited into a culture is super super important in mm -hmm. order to make sure that you're not appropriating the culture yeah and not appropriating yeah. what's happening um but when you're invited, that's a whole nother ballgame. True. That's when you can True. get the white people with the henna tattooed in right. the weddings because right. they were invited. Right. Invited. And it's versus like the complexity I'm black of a black person. And I wanna wear some fucking like kids they kente cloth. Right. Like, it's it's very different being a black person feeling you can't reach for that kente cloth. You can't reach for that 
that thing that like, makes you feel apart because you know you're yeah. not apart only because you don't know anything. And, and then it's, it's like, like, what is ours? What belongs to right. us? And, and is it, are we finding it again? Am I appropriating or am I reaching out to something that I used to be a part of? Which ties like, into the ancestor conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do we reach out to them? And it's like, is, is, is our communication, our connection to our ancestors, is that appropriation? Right. You know what I'm like, 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 there's so many levels to it and so many ways to pick it apart yeah. that it's almost scary. Yeah. Um, but at day's end, as long as you're not harming anyone, I say right. we just need to do what the fuck we need to like, do. Yeah, I like, feel like we I feel like I should land. be allowed like, to holler yebel. Okay. I feel like I say. I feel like I should be allowed to holler Bombay. Okay. Yes. Because I mean, it's really not that I'm not a part. It's just that I don't remember, and I'm reaching for it again. Yeah. And I would Which, like for you. <laughs> to take that opportunity <laughs> to reach back, grab my hand, and tell me something I don't know. Question. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Kwanzaa? Kwanzaa. I was actually raised <laughs> pretty deeply into Girl, my, stop! And, well, <laughs> yes! It's a, whole, it's a whole thing. Now, <sighs> I was named by my father's mother in a full naming ceremony. Um, oh there are word. pictures... There's Kendall cloth everywhere. Yes, I need to see <laughs> my parents pictures. and their baby faces, and their <laughs> it was black and yellow mostly. But yes, there was fabric everywhere, and I was little. I had mini baby Kente cloth. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, that was a whole thing. So she named me in that fashion. She always had, um, as long as I was visiting mm-hmm. in Missouri, she kept up a summer camp that was based in the seven principles so like she was like year round with that <laughs> she's like you're not just so, gonna this during the holiday season right so <laughs> actually i'm not super far from the ideals and the um traditional practices mm-hmm. of that of kwanzaa yeah um i pulled i got away from it really i mean just living with my parents who didn't do it on their own regularly right, right. but i mean my mom studied all religions like in depth so mm-hmm. it's not as if the knowledge stopped right. <laughs> but it almost because i've heard scholars debate about the the celebration of kwanzaa being appropriation in and of itself oh that hurts and it, it, it that hurts, feels right? very Oof, that feels very exclusionary for no particular reason. That's like out of the that's blue, a full right? that's full on like someone studied it, put it into practice, and made it yeah. a part of their lives. Where is the appropriation in that? Like that you've exactly. made it a part of yourself. If you are that's a Kwanzaa family, then that means you practice and you live See, and you operate in that. And that's my issue with academia in general because they 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 take things that have nuance and they make it black and white Oof. which is nothing is black and white in this world other than black and white i just okay like to, i would just like... like to say that <laughs> there is black and white and then there was everything else <laughs> Real shit. Real shit. so yeah i i think it is very complex to be a black or brown person born and raised in america mm-hmm. generations born and raised in America and to feel like you don't know where one you are allowed where you are welcome yeah. and how that conflicts with the fact that you feel like it's already a part of you 
it's it's a lot it's a lot and i think there is no one i can't fix this at the end of the episode you know yeah. like i had a listener respond to my first autocorrect poem roses are red which reminded her of the ancestry and how we all feel kind of like <laughs> Weird, what am i allowed to how do i fit in i just want to be a joy. part of what i was a part of <laughs> um so i think there is no answer. I don't have an answer for yeah. that listener. I don't have an answer for me. I don't I don't have an answer. I think it's really just I think I'm asking and I think I can speak for many black and brown Americans mm-hmm. in saying that we are just asking. We are reaching out Cheers to be to a part of clink to be a part of something that is in us already, but we've been displaced from. We're not attempting to appropriate. We're not attempting to misappropriate. Right, right. We are attempting to tap into something that is legitimately already a part of us. And so I don't have any answers. I'm just posing the question again to mm. any listeners who may be direct descendants of um, an African culture or an African lineage, those who may be first generation um, Americans who have parents who weren't born here, yeah. who are just already more connected. My question is, won't you welcome us? <laughs> like, <laughs> Hi, we're here. <laughs> won't you reach back and grab the hand that's out to you and tell me what I don't know so that I may participate in this community, the greater community yeah. of our people without feeling like a lost child? Like, will you? Please. <laughs> and I'll leave you with that question. Devin, thank you so much. No, thank you so much for having me, Okara. It's always a pleasure to share space with you, and I'm grateful that you allowed me to be your first guest on this really wonderful podcast. I'm honored. Yes, I'm, I'm having so a blast. Honored. Quick shameless plug. Shameless. My name is Devin Ginn, not to huh? be confused with Devon Jin. <laughs> <laughs> get it right, get it right. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Y-O-D-E-V-G, pronounced Yodevg. I be doing things. I write. Um, I, I, I'm an activist. I try to be as involved as possible in general. Um, and I'm grateful for creators like Akaro to who create really amazing platforms for people to do amazing things. Um, and again, I'm grateful for you, Akaro. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right, y'all. I have to take him away now. And we are... What? Just happy to to be be here. here.